Tech Clients. I'm your host, Melissa Gurney-Green, and today we're going to be talking about wines we share with the people we love, as well as technology that um, will leave a legacy. We'll get back to that. But um, with me, of course, as always, I have Scott DeLandy Woo-hoo! and Colin Gallagher. Hey, hey, hey. How are y'all? So I know you're on West Coast time. Colin and I are on East Coast time. So September, you know, when you're in this industry, September is like a very weird month because that's when like everybody's doing launches. There's conferences. There's just like a ton of stuff going on. So I know um, the last few days have been very busy for me and I know for Colin and I'm sure for you, Melissa, as well. So oh, yes. we're at we're at a disadvantage, I think, Colin and I, because both, both of us texted each other and... We, we started pre-show a little bit earlier than we normally do. So I um, the bottle for tonight is essentially gone, and I had to go to the backup. So I'm trying to figure out what the bottle is I'm going to pick. But I, I, I planned ahead, Scott. I am just about done with the bottle for tonight as well, but I, ha- I have a backup that's ready to go because it's going to be a two-bottle podcast. Woohoo! So, Melissa, right. you, might, you might need some fortified wine if you got any Mad Dog 2020 laying around the house. Um, Sadly, get, I don't. Catch up. No, but I do have a lot that. of other wines. Okay, <laughs> so, and I'm sure, yeah. so I'm all right. Okay, Fort is a fortified wine. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while since I've had a good port. We should do that sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've got a great port story. So yes, we should do that. So let's start with the wine. This is wine to share with people you love. It doesn't have to be with like someone you love, but people you love. So. So, um, Colin, why don't you go first? Because I know Scott hates that. I hate that one. (laughs) So I am doing the Catherine, uh, from, from Hall Vineyards, I'm doing the Catherine Hall Cabernet Sauvignon 2015. Um, it is a freaking awesome Cab Sauv. Um, and if you don't know, um, one of the reasons I picked this is is Hall was the whole Pete Buttigieg wine cellar scandal, right? That it was actually happened at Hall Vineyards, so it was their oh. wine. It was when the whole wine cellar, you know, donors was was at that wine, and I was already a member of of, of, of the club before, and I've been a member for a long time, and I fucking love their wines. I was like, I don't see a problem with that. I, why didn't I get invited to go give money? <laughs> I was just pissed. Uh, um, but you know, interest, I mean, a it's freaking awesome, Kapsov. It's in Napa. Uh, it's a beautiful modern uh, tasting room um, that I crashed, by the way, last time we were there. So part of the, one of the reasons I was drinking it is because it's a great story about crashing it. Um, went to a vineyard, went to a winery across the street, um, and it was this hit thing, and it was owned part owned by a rapper. I don't remember the rapper name. I read a review and went to it, and. It was a mess. It was a zoo. There were lines deep to taste. It was all they were like. It was almost like you know cocktail, you know for wine. They were almost do, you know they 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 weren't like twirling wine bottles, but they were sort of like high five and they were passing. It was way too gauche and whatever. And so we did our obligatory tasting there and walked down the street. And we're like, where do we go now? Because we're like, we're not going to plan to spend an hour or two there. And then we look up and there's there's hall on the hill across the street. It's like we run across this expressway and climb up the hill and we're like. Hey, yeah, I'm a member. Can I crash? And they're like, well, we're reservation only. But they're like, well, here, just have a splash while we wait and figure it out. So they gave us a glass of wine, just like when they could to ameliorate us. And someone came up and took pity on us. And we got a tasting, not only a tasting, but a tasting for free. Um, oh. And it was great wine. Um, and um, it is. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite 
um, cabs. They do an amazing set of selection. Again, I'm a big fan of theirs. Uh, but more importantly, it's a women-owned winery. Okay. And so, you know, again, just for something that's unique in this industry, I really, you know, so they make great wine. It's a great wine, great wine made by a woman, you know, in a wide variety, you know, like a wide variety of ways. So fuck it if they gave Pete Buttigieg money. I'm all for that, you know, <laughs> et cetera. So, so that's what I'm drinking tonight. Yes. And it's deep and it's velvety and it's inky and it's rich. And it's just everything like, you know, a massive slap in your face cab should be, you know. You know, just it's powerful. It, it's a powerful cab. And so it's it's helping me get my spirit back today. So is it improving your feel for the day? Because that's the most important. It is. It's talking about the wine is making me improve the feel for the day because I'm, I'm getting the passion. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's a deep color. Look, look how deep it is. You can't see through it. You know, oh, yay. you know, yeah, it's it's just, you know, you know, dark red flute, blackberries, currant, you know, just amazing. You know, tannins up the wazoo. It's a good cab. So it's making me feel better. But. This is also a special wine because I only have a few bottles of these um, because I, I'm a member of the club, but I get them shipped to an address in California. And then when I'm out there, I, sh- I slip them back. So I don't, you know, I don't have a lot of them here. Uh, I have to carry them in my suitcase. So it's when I want to do something special with people I love, I usually break out the hall. And I did a bottle of this a couple weeks ago with a friend of mine for his birthday. And so that's what made me think about doing this again. Wonderful. Uh, Thank you, Colin. Nice. Well, I'm drinking, so you guys can probably guess, but it's a it's a red, it's a Tuscan red, so it's a blend, and it's from uh, Villa Intenori, which is, um, you know, there's nothing special about it, um, but it is a really good red wine, and I've had it for many many years, and usually if I have, you know, people coming over for you know the holidays or just to hang out or whatever it is, it's definitely my go-to bottle because. You know, I, I think most of the people that I that that I hang with that don't drink wine, they'll come over and when they have wine, they drink like the really sweet wine, which I do not like, um, and they think it's great, right? But it's like always really sweet. But when they come over and they have this, and there's a little bit more, you know, body to it, and you know, there's a little bit more fruitiness, but it's dry, so it's not like overwhelming in terms of like the uh, the the aftertaste around. The, the sweetness for the sugar, they always say, oh, my God, what is this, right? And it's like, well, you know, it's a whatever, Tuscan red. Um, but 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 generally, you know, folks that will come over will comment on the wine. Now, I don't know if they're just doing that to be polite because they get free wine, but it's something that is just kind of like sort of the, the, the generic go-to. Um, it's very reasonable. It's under $20 a bottle. I think it was, I don't know, I think this one was on sale when I picked it up, and quite honestly – it was in inventory. This one's always in inventory. This is sort of just kind of like regular rotation in terms of the stock of wine. So I had it because I was planning to try to go out today to get something, but today just turned into a, you know, a longer day than, than what I expected. So I didn't have a chance to go and do my pre-show shopping, which is kind of disappointing, but so I guess is, it's, is, it's good to be busy. Is it a Tuscan or a Super Tuscan? It's a Tuscan. It's just a regular nice. Tuscan. So, yeah. Oh. So do you know the nice. do you know do you, do you know the difference, Scott? I was no, I don't. No. What is the, <laughs> I do what not. is the difference between a Tuscan and a Super Tuscan? So a Tuscan is a traditional Italian wine from Tuscany, right? You know, it's a controlled region, right, with a certain set of grapes they grow there, mostly Sangiovese, but a couple others that are allowed, right? But also Italian grow grapes. Um, a Super Tuscan is a uh, when you take a Sangiovese. And you blend it with a French grape like Cab or Merlot to sort of mellow it out and make it a little more palatable to a, a, a palate that's used to drinking French wines or French grapes. 
So it's still mostly Sangiovese, but they blend it with, instead of blending it with a, another Italian grape that's authorized for that region, they blend it with a French grape. So so the, so the Tuscan is basically a pure breed, and the Super Tuscan is kind of a high... Pure blend. It's a pure blend. It's a pure blend, right? Yeah. Pure, pure blend. blend right? Got it. It's, 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 as you, as you said, said correctly when you started, it's a blend, right? But yes, yeah. It's a blend. Tuscan is a blend from the region of Tuscany, much like Bordeaux is a blend from the region of Bordeaux, et cetera, right? You know, and et cetera. But a Super Tuscan is when you take a... Sangiovese, which is the primary grape in most Tuscans, and then add French French grapes to it. That's always my go-to. Is like if I don't know what to get, um, and I'm going to go with a red, and I look at something, and you have too many things to pick from, I'll just go to a blend, just because you know I I, I can't ever remember a time getting a blend where I said who I didn't like that. So it's a it's a pretty safe choice. No, I mean it's it's amazing because if you think about it, in most of the rest, in most of in most of Europe, right? All of Europe, sorry if I stand corrected. Um, everything you get is a blend, right? It's a regional blend, right? As I said, you know, a Bordeaux, a Chateauneuf de Pape, all the things you normally you know have heard of, right? A, a Beaujolais Nouveau, those are all named for a region, right? They're not named for a grape, you know. Yeah, you get some exceptions. You get like you know a Barolo or a Merlot, etc. But generally. You know, the big names are blends. Um, it's particularly he out here in, in the U.S. where we didn't have wine growing regions where things are named. For, you know, we get single varietal wines and it's, you know, it's unusual. We can get some great single varietal wines here, but in a lot of places in the world, it's just blends. So, it's yeah. Yeah. so I have good news and bad news associated with my wine pick for tonight. Mm -hmm. The bad news is the bottle is empty. <laughs> it's like one, one sip left. Eh, it was a long day. I finished at I didn't really finish at three o'clock. Let's just say I uncorked at three and just got ready you know as we were preparing for the uh, for the show yeah. but i do have but, i did uh open up by um a pinot grigio so kind of well, going from the red on to the uh to the white so i, well, I have I've, I've got another plan i've got another glass of this and i'm going back to sagacia which i've talked about before but i just remembered literally looking at the label here i just remember i had a flashback and looking at the label looking at you scott before we get to melissa's like where i first tried my first haul and there's a story in that. And I did not plan this at all. It just came to me. So I have to tell it because I would have told yeah. it earlier. Please. Please. Um, I have to tell it. Because I literally, I can't think. I was at, um, went with, uh, Rick and I went to Restaurant Week at the Palm, right? The Palm? No, the Capitol Grill. The Capitol Grill in Newton, right? Yep. And, and we went with these two junior guys who worked on the product management, product uh, program management team. Um, Anybody I would know? Yes, yes. Don't, no, yeah. no names, no names. Yeah, yeah. You, you know the two young, yeah, the, the young guy we put on mainframe, and and then the young program manager, right? Yeah. Got it. Um, who married the HR person, right? Remember? Yeah, you know, you know both of them, right? Really well. Yep. Yes. Back in the day, so we, yep. we the four of us went to Restaurant Week, we, you know, and we're sitting there at Restaurant Week, and you know, there's a bottle of hall, there's a bottle of hall, whatever, you know, their mass market hall is on the menu, like $80, $60, which is pretty, you know, for a good bottle of cab at, you know, Capital Grill, it's affordable, like, you know, under a hundred bucks, yeah, given yeah. the market. So, so we ordered that. And so we're sitting here, we're drinking this. Um, 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 and, and we look up and who's sitting across from us? I Dave, remember the story. Yes. 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 But Dave Donatelli and his wife, I did remember the story. So and they're obviously, they're having a great time. They're celebrating. They're having a, a, a funky time. Yes. 
And we're like, oh, you know. And so we stopped and said hi to Dave on the way out. And he's like, yeah, fuck you guys. You know, he and I have been in a couple of meetings with him, and I'm sure he didn't know any of the rest of us, but the rest of them. But, um, and so, and then like a week later, we found out that that was when he announced that he was leaving EMC and, yep. and moving west. So we assumed, so that was, I was there the night that he was celebrating accepting his offer. That's in my head. So the hall wine is the, is the, is the night that Dave's on a telly got his offer. But, and, and yeah. Because well, they, they weren't, they were they were not doing the restaurant week tasting menu. They were going. I was, that that's your that's your. This was my first time story. Oh yeah, that we're gonna have to get. We, we're gonna need another first time story. I think. <laughs> yeah, so, any of Melissa, what what wine are you drinking? <laughs> Sorry, I'm drinking this little Paso Robles, um, which I probably just mispronounced. 1858 um, by Camus Vineyards, and um, it's Cab, and mm-hmm. it's 2018. And it's this delightful kind of mix of oaky and a little sweet. And, and um, yeah, for, for me, it's like people I love around me, this is definitely a wine I would pull out. It's around, what, 35 a bottle off the shelf. So it's not nice. – it's a good range. So, yeah. yeah and what's, what's, the, um, what's the name of it? It's um, Paso Robles. Or Paso Robles, Robles? Yeah, Paso, yeah, yeah. Paso Robles, yeah. Yeah, what's the name of the vineyard? Um, Sorry. Uh, it's Camus, C A Y M U S. Oh, Camus. Oh, Camus. Oh, Camus. Camus makes awesome one. Yes. Yes. They they have a white that who's just from a marketing point of view I love. It's it's a blend, and they call okay. it conundrum. Conundrum. The Camus conundrum. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So um. So sorry, I need to be a wine geek here, by the way, because I love Paso Robles. Paso Robles wine. So if you don't know, uh, Paso Robles is um, from. Central California, Southern Northern California. It's south of San Jose. So, um, you know, it's it's not a Napa, not a um, nothing up that north. And if, you, if you've ever seen the, the movie Sideways, it mm-hmm. takes place in Paso Robles. It's famous for a lot of Pinots, which you don't grow well sort of in, in Napa, so I didn't historically. So, yeah, it's a great one. And there's a bunch of things there. So if you go from Paso Robles all the way up to San Jose, there are a bunch of wineries in the South Bay area that you can do. They're cheap, they're affordable, they're accessible, as you said, and they're really great wines. So just, yeah, you know, tech people, if you're there, get freaking out of San Jose, drive, you know, 30 minutes, and you'll find some really, really great winer, wineries around there. So my, my little pitch for that. You know what awesome. I had? I, I had a bottle uh, over the weekend, uh, and it was a uh, it was from Washington State, and I wanted to bring it up. It was, uh, it was called the Velvet Devil. Mm. Are you feel Yes. That's one of my favorites. It's Merlot, I, yes. Yes, the Merlot. Yes. That's from yes, that's yeah. what I had and I thought it was uh I thought it was amazing, but I was like, well, given the show topic and if I say, well, I got something from Washington State, then people would be thinking that I was pandering to the host. So I was like, <laughs> I can't I can't I can't drink this on the show, but I can drink it now and so I I had that one. Um I was and I got the wine and, and I didn't realize it and it was a screw cap and you know how I am with the screw caps I was like <laughs> oh man I don't know about this but I would say it was really good matter of fact that's something I'm definitely going to add uh, into inventory it was that it was that good and it was really reasonable it was like I don't know like 15 bucks something like that so um, so good wine good price point um, definitely going to do it again cool so. My first um, experience with that wine was at a little place called the Stone House in Redmond. And it was when we were doing this insanely massive migration, right? And um, 
And you were waiting for the data copy so you wouldn't have to drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were we were on lunch break, which at that point was really dinner dinner break, and um, we went out to drink and have a nice dinner while we were waiting on the migrations. And um, it was it's this tiny little restaurant. It's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. But there's probably five to six tables in the whole place, and they're like, you got to try the Velvet Devil, and you have to try our chili crusted steak. And it was the most amazing dinner at the time, especially given like all of the the chaos and nightmare that was that migration. So so taking that time to like eat with with the other people I was working with and and talk to them about what was going on and how we could try to fix it, but also wonderful, wonderful wine. So so that wine definitely has a special place in my heart. So good choice. Well, luckily, migrations are a thing of the past. Right? They've become so easy <laughs> and so simple. What's funny right? is I just talked to someone. It's about like, I, swear, doing... I swear I wrote that 10 years ago, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> doing uh, massive cloud uh, migrations, right, yeah, yeah. from on-prem to the cloud. I, I was talking to them, and, and they were t telling me about how, how they make all these decisions and, and do the consulting portion of, of the migration. I'm like, the more things change, the more it all sounds the same to me. <laughs> oh my God. And, and, and so, you know, so I, I work with some newer people that are coming in and, you know, obviously this is, this is a topic that is often discussed. And so I've had them kind of pull me aside and say, I, I, I don't get it. Why, why is it so hard? And then it's like, okay, so you, you almost have to go back to like the, the caveman era where, you know, we took a big rock and we turned it into a wheel and now we have this wheel and they're like, and, and, and that's still how it works. It's like, yes, that's still, well, how, still it how it works, works but, but it's but made it, worse yeah, by people not wanting to let go of their stuff. Right. I mean, I did two things. I mean, I, I remember doing analysis of this, like she's writing slides of this. It was like data movement takes some time, right? You know, the speed of light is the speed of light. You can only move data so fast, but the planning, the orchestration, the coordinating with, every single person about when their stuff can come online offline etc and then you know the version control issues and repointing that logistical thing is two three times the effort and pain and time that um actually the first slide i did about this remember like i was trying to say i actually had blood drops coming from like you know that that like the stage i had blood drops dripping off the the planning stage there and like kathy lyde's like you we can't say dave i'll tell you a slide of that had blood drops on it yeah <laughs> like, Why? People... it's accurate I would have advised yeah. against that. I would have advised. <laughs> so, but, but, but now, like, so, and then people say, but, but, you know, that was then, and now, you know, there's all these tools, and they're all automated, and it's all this, and it's, I, I still don't understand why it's that hard. And I, and I always use the analogy. I said, so listen, so for, you know, the last, you know, however old you are, you know, 30 years old, whatever it is, every contact you've ever had, and let's say you have tens of thousands of contacts, you wrote them into a little notebook by pen, by hand. And now you oh. have this new iPhone device, whatever it is, and you want to migrate all of the data from the notebook onto the phone. How would you do that? Well, I'd have to sit there and I'd have to manually enter all of that data in one by one by one by one. But once I get to the iPhone, then everything is way simpler because then to move between devices and whatever, I, I, I'm already there. But it's that switching point to get me from you know, the stuff that's in a file cabinet to the stuff that's on some magical device. That's the pain point, right, is trying to go from the old world into the new world, and no one wants to sit there and take your 10,000 contacts and spend, 
you know, every weekend for the next seven months, although that's what Melissa did. <laughs> you know, not that you did that, but that's a migration, right? Taking no, all of that I old stuff and kind of and, 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 <laughs> and pulling that forward. And, and it's it's very tedious. It's very manual. But that's the the underlying you know presentation that, that you have to deal with. Anyway, it's been a long day. I'm on bottle number two now. How are you doing there, Colin? Bottle number two? Bottle number two has been tapped, yes. All right. Yeah, Good to hear. It's, it's time to get to the technology then. <laughs> so, so this week's tech topic was a little weird because I initially said it was technology you would take to the grave with you. Nobody but remembers that. Let's... Nobody remembers that. And <laughs> it was misspoken because I'm actually not taking technology to the grave with me. Hopefully. Oh, please. <laughs> I want to be buried with my Lisa because, like, you know, Apple threw a bunch of them into a, into a, like, a thousands of them, millions of them into into a, a, a what's we call it? Um, a landfill. They, landfill, landfill, right. So yeah, I think yeah. me, me buried with mine is a little homage to that, right? So, yes. Okay. Okay. Tell us more. No, wait. You have no. to finish, finish, finish the setup. So what's the oh. setup? So it's not so, technology so... to die for. It is. It's more around tech legacy. Like legacy. what what kind of technology legacy will you leave behind? What do you think that is? What do you think that looks like? This is going to be an extended version of the show because I have a list. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll let... I'm so glad you have a no, list. No, 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 no. Scott's going to go first on this. Scott's going to go No, no, no. Yeah, I, I want first, you yeah. to finish, no, I finish your story. The wine. No, no, I'm just saying. I mean, just like if, it, if we're taking the grave, like literally. Um, oh, so, my you know, God. The, the, the Lisa was a failure. You know, it was Apple's first entry into a GUI product. Uh, overpriced, blah, blah, blah. We can also talk about the why it didn't succeed. And then was, you know, su eventually superseded by the Macintosh a year later. Um, and, you know, we are where today. And then Apple ended up ditching a bunch of these. They tried to position it in a variety of ways and finally gave up and dumped th thousands of them, millions of them into a landfill in California because they were made in California at the time. Um, and... Um, and so, but so I have one. It's one of my items. I'm going to put on back here when I put shelves up. By the way, I went to IKEA to look. Went, went to IKEA to get shelves two weekends ago, and they were not in stock. Goddamn, back to school. Um, but when I put them up, there's, ah, going Lisa, there's going to be a Lisa behind me. So when I do video conferences, etc., people see the Lisa and say, "What the fuck is that?" Um, but nice. yeah, so I think I think I want to be buried with my Lisa because it's an homage to the Lisa going back in the landfall. So you know, it's my little Steve Jobs moment. <laughs> Very <laughs> just, nice. Just reminded nice. me that my R2D2 came out of frame. So, yes. Oh man! Um, I just fixed it, so he's back. By the way, I, po I posted that picture, and people commented on the R2D2 in the frame. Scott. I saw like, it on Instagram. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Very, very nice. Um, so I have, you know, a lot, of, you know, lots of things. Um, I would say the thing that I, you know, from a from a tech legacy perspective, is just, you know, the amount of content that, you know, I I helped produce over the years but are still things that are out there in, in use today. So this is the one where Colin's going to tweet more self-gratification from apps. No, 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 no. So <laughs> I could just... It's could not going to be that, um, what are they called? The giant wall sticker of the guy with the spiky hair and the no, muscles. No, that, so that um, <laughs> Flash McPherson. No. Yes, I had Flash nothing, McPherson. I had, I had literally nothing to do with that other than they just used my, my like, well, not my full likeness, but they I was... used your likeness, Scott. All right. Well, <laughs> they added some would... muscles, but they used your likeness. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> I would say they didn't add muscles. Some muscles. The hair, a little... the hair was a little longer. <laughs> the dude was righted out. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that's, hurts. That's not normal. <laughs> that's hurtful. 
<laughs> I'm not a... trying to be hurtful. No, I no, I, I get it, but but hopefully it, it was, oh it was God, like it was I... like they crossbred you with Scogsburg, okay? Who hmm. <laughs> was I... voided out, but whatever. Yeah. I hope that's not what I I would say, you know, from from my current career, I know one of the things that I that I constantly get pinged on, and actually Colin is my co conspirator in this, is that stupid refrigerator mm-hmm. that, that we did years ago, right? <laughs> Love oh this. my god, people still ask about that thing. They still ask if they can get one. How do we do this? And like everyone's like you, I tell them no and they come back and then they're like, "Well, I know you said no to me, but you can't say no to me." And there's all these backdoor things that they try and pull. And it's like, "No, we we don't have the ability to do that anymore just because of you know, all of the the effort that went into it. We did do that oh. for a while, which So was... you got to explain this refrigerator to people who may not oh, understand. So we, so, we used to, so do you want to do a Colin, or are you gonna well, let we can, me do we can, it? We can, we can, you do it. All right, let me, let me, let me, let me. Start I was eagerly so, participatory in here, okay, but whatever. You, you, well, you paid for it, which was the best part, right? So, <laughs> we used to, we would do these, we would do these keynote events, and we would have executives on stage, and you know, every time we would do it, we would announce, we'd be announcing something, and you know, back in the day, we were primarily a, a hardware company, and we would, you know, announce these, you know, new machines, and they were big. They're about the size of a refrigerator. And for some reason, whenever we would do it, you would need something to put on stage just to have kind of a background. So they would take all of these cabinets and they would line them up on stage. But they didn't really do anything. Sometimes you would light them up, and but, but there was no yeah. real reason for them to be there other than just having this backdrop. And I, and I had this idea. I said, wouldn't it be funny if we took one of these things and we made it into a refrigerator? And when the exec was doing a presentation, have them open it up like a refrigerator and take a bottle of water out of it and i just had this idea and i think i pitched it to a couple people they're like yeah yeah it's kind of funny but we could never do that and i ran into one of the engineering guys literally one of the the most brilliant people in the world his name is rick DeFabio. matter of fact if if you made a credit card transaction if you ordered something online if you did something you know around your your health records you know there's a there's a 90 plus percent chance the reason why you were able to do that is because of technology that that this person was maybe not involved with the direct the direct development of, but the influencing around the the components that make up that system. Yeah. This guy was definitely involved. Just absolutely, just one of the most brilliant people, younger than me, believe it or not, but just a brilliant guy. I remember passing him in the hallway saying, "Hey, do you think you could take one of these things and you could build it into a refrigerator?" And he looked at me and he was like, "You know." I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And he, he was like, didn't know. And then he went and it got pitched to a couple of engineering guys. And they were like, no, this is going to be really hard. How are you going to make the door open? How are you going to finish? So anyway. Yeah, because yeah, reason... we had a door in the cabinet. The refrigerator had a door. We had, um, we had it. We had a, a door. Was, but the, but the how, do you op- how, how do you open the yeah. two doors simultaneously? Right, yes. right. Exactly. So you needed to build the special hinge that would have an articulating arm so that when you open up the door, it would open up the door to the refrigerator, but it would work in, in just such, it would, it would be so seamless that you wouldn't know that it was a door opening another yeah. door. And so these engineering guys that worked for Rick at the time were like, well, and then they started doing these drawings and you know they, they basically built this prototype and we basically built this refrigerator. We actually two of them, yes, you're right, we built two of them. And I remember because, because we, th- this is because Colin came in and Colin said, if we're going to show one on stage, people are going to see it. This, you know, 
We have to put one do, on the show floor. Do you, I, ain't fuck, I ain't fucking moving that thing from the stage down to the show floor. Do Please you remember when, when we had it in the lab and we, 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 we called in one of the executives from yeah. like the executive suite, right? It was one of the, I won't name names, but he was like the guy, the, the guy, right? One of the, the biggest guys within, within the company. Mm-hmm. And this was like six o'clock at night. And we had stocked it up with a bunch of beers. And, you know, we were like, hey, is so-and-so there? Let's go see if he's there. And we were all standing around. We were, like, you know, high-fiving because we had built this thing and it looked so cool. And he was coming over to check it out. And as he did that, we opened it up to take one of the beers out. And the beer fell and broke and smashed onto the data center floor, which was a raised floor with a vent right underneath it. So there's broken glass everywhere, which is bad. But even worse, there's beer now under the subfloor that you can't clean because you can't get underneath it. And even worse, you have air being pushed up because that happened to be the cold aisle. So as you're sitting there, all you can do is smell the hops from the beer being pushed up from where it was broken. So anyway, he came over, we showed it to him, and he was like, yeah, this is kind of really cool. But, you know, actually, he was really impressed with what we had done. But anyway, we, we, we ended up doing it at one of the, uh, the conference shows, and we didn't know that we had lightning in a bottle until after the show, all of these well, users kept coming Well, no, out. no, no. So we, we create our own problems, Scott, okay? We create our, so you, you're absolutely correct. But opportunity, not a problem. But we gave, <laughs> we decided since we were making two, we were going to give the second one away. Oh yes, that's right. And I remember the company it was a company based out of Kansas City. Yes. So we decided we can give I the say, second can one. Can I away. say they, they, they? Well, I won't say who they were, but I don't, I, I don't remember who they were. But you, so yeah. I absolutely remember who they were. I just, I just remember the pain in the ass shipping to them, but whatever. Yeah. So, so discuss point. So we gave one away, but everybody else wanted one. How can I buy one? Blah 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 blah. So at this point, Scott checks out of the process. He's like, hey, I came up with the idea. It's on you, Colin. All right. This, this sounds like work. I don't want to be involved anymore. Yes. <laughs> so I had a person and a half in my team figuring out how we could operationalize this to ship several hundred of these. And, and, and we did it. We, we, you know, and then we went back. We made a simple design that was easier to manufacture. We hired a third-party firm to do it. And then... And the thing that always pissed me off is we actually got an, an, um, a skew place in the ordering system. So people they could actually put it on an order and charge for it. But the big downfall was the to build them in the, <laughs> came out of my marketing budget and the revenue went back to the product budget. And it, it was, oh. you know, small, you know, mouse nuts, as we say, but it was just, you know, not thing, you know, four grand a pop is, you know, is not bad. Um, but the thing that sort of killed us is apparently, and, you know, we are smart people. We should know this. Um, uh, things like um, car- carbon fluorocarbon, or what, what are they called? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, you can't ship them internationally. That was the you, whole yes, thing. Yes, you can't. Yeah, remember, <laughs> neon and other things are highly regulated. You can't ship them internationally. We got busted trying to ship a V fridge into Canada because <laughs> we were adding more CFCs to Canada. Yeah, so so that's when we shut the whole thing down. Yeah, that was it when it became. <laughs> It became difficult. but but then at VCE like you know someone from events came to me and said oh we want to build a, a V block fridge and like you know I was like been there done that honey like you know got the T-shirt like <laughs> Good stay luck. the fuck away from that yes yeah, yeah. well they built like, it anyway <laughs> they built it anyway but yeah they didn't sell them but I told them not to sell them they built it for you know demo purposes which is fine. Oh my God! I, I have like a million stories, but I don't, I don't want to belabor it. But that's no, 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 tech, but, that, but, but, tech... no, but no, but but not, not only was it the it was a great tech idea, and Scott, I, I totally give you credit for 
being completely crazy about that idea. Oh my god! But all, but all, no, we, we we have that we have that on tape. Nice. We do. Yeah. yeah. yeah oh, I should get that tape. I should, yeah, I should put that on my blog. Um, <laughs> because I've been, no, because that that and the twins, like the two best on stage moments I've ever done. Um, so much Watch. better than a so much better than a magician. <laughs> um, so so, Colin, tell us about the twins. Well, I'll go to the twins in a second because I'll do that as one of my stories. Um, okay. Even though it's, it's a joint story, Scott. Colin, what, what, really, what Colin, really... the, the high the high level on that is Colin and I went to Vegas and we paid and hired for twins. twins and we paid for twins. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And oh nice. my God, when you when you when you ask say, hey, we want to pay for twins, I think I'll get that story in a second. Sorry. Um, but um, oh no. So the present no, the presentation of the V fridge was awesome because not only was it on stage, but we timed it perfectly where Ed. We, we had Brian, who was presenting it. We had him, like, cough in the middle. And he's like, <clears throat> and he looks around and coughs again. And then he's like, and, he and the plan was him, And he sold it. He totally sold it. Oh, my God, he sold it. The plan was for him to cough and then, like, sort of go and open the freezer. He had reason to get the water. That's the only reason we set it up. It's like, hey, you, know, you can't just open and grab water. So he has to need water and look for it. So we told him to do that. He sold it. But literally, like, we had one of the senior execs like from the front row, trying to climb on stage to give him a bottle of water. We're like, no, sit down. You're going to spoil the gag. <laughs> yeah, so, oh so my one God. of my, one, I will take this in Scott's veins. One of my tech legacies is is the twins. Um, again, another Scott Collin collaboration. Uh, that was also, so fun. Also, I missed also, that stuff, but... also facilitated by Rick DeFabio. Uh, yes. So we decided, that, we decided that next year, what the fuck are we going to do better? And we had a new product called Vplex, which allowed data to be basically in the same place at the same time, sort of like teleporting it from one place to another. And actually, when we introduced it the year before, we talked about teleporting and it didn't quite go over too well. But we said, how do we, how do, we do a better demo of this? And so what we came up with was, why don't we teleport? Like a, a magic trick, stage? basically like a, a magic tele- trick. Yeah, tele- yeah, teleport a guy across stage. And so we had a guy walk into an empty cabinet. Well, the inst- so so the whole the whole backstory on that is like so I was watching sort of you know this magic trick what was it you know magicians exposed or whatever it was remember the reality show where they would yeah. follow magicians and they would show you how they they did the trick and I remember they would do the thing where they they showed where you know they had somebody here and they would disappear and they would reappear over here and it'd be like well how do they do that and they'd be like you morons, they're twins. It's that simple. You just yeah. hire a pair of twins, and you can do whatever you want. And as long as they're identical, nobody nobody would know. And I was like, oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. And that's where I got the inspiration for the idea with the twins was, well, how do we teleport two people from one person yeah. from one location to another? Oh, we'll just use twins. It'll be amazing. Yep. And so Scott came with the idea, and literally, you know, everything from, you know, God bless Scott. You know, I color outside the lines. Scott doesn't, you know. Got colors on the walls. Okay. <laughs> um, the, the system we had, like unlike the VMAX, which had a door, the system didn't have a door. There was nothing to open. So how are we going to get a guy to walk into it? Scott reached out to Rick DeFabio. He knows a guy who built a version that had a door. Um, uh, anyhow, so we had a twin walk in. Into, so the, the but so we get we come up with the idea. We know what we're going to do. We put out a casting call in Vegas for twins, which was the best part of my career. When you're in Vegas and you put, when you're going to Vegas and you put out, hey, we're looking for twins in Vegas. But the setup oh was, my we, God. But, but the setup was we were going to pull someone out of the audience to come up. Uh, Brian was going to pull someone out for a demo, right? So they had to look like someone who would be attending our conference, right? Which mm-hmm. is ninety percent geeky males, 
you know, 60, 70% white, whatever, you know, they had to fit that thing. So we put out a casting call for twins in Vegas and 99% of the, the, the bios we got back were women, mm-hmm. mostly headshots or full body shots and negligees and, and underwear. So uh, like, where, I, where, I just think like in your, you keep sending me the headshots. You're like, <laughs> yeah. here's, here's the latest batch. I'm, I'm gonna like, get oh I'm gonna get busted by corporate policy for like, sending porn like, for the network. We're, <laughs> we're gonna get fired. This is awesome. And then I remember we got. And then someone came in and says, "Well, they're twins, but they all they're triplets. They have a third. Yeah, sister. they have a third sister in the Ukraine that you can bring her back over if you want. <laughs> but you have Ukrainian to fly her in from the Ukraine. Yes. <laughs> wow. Oh, but it was so amazing. Anyway, so, so my first choice was there were these two male twins who were Abercrombie and Fitch models. I remember. Who I was like, they were, they were pretty, pretty white guys and fuck yeah. The yes, problem is they, they were had. six foot three and wouldn't fit inside a cabinet. <laughs> oh, you had so, to be, you had to be under like five, six or five, seven. No, you had to be like five, eight or something. Yeah. Just, just, you had to be short. Yeah, shorter. Be shorter, shorter. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't be tall. Yeah. And so, um, so we couldn't get the hire. I, I did never got my chance to hire Abercrombie and Fitch model twins. So oh. you know, <laughs> that bucket list item is unchecked. Um, but instead, there was I... this. There, there were these two um, Chinese acrobats who had been working at, who worked at some Cirque du Soleil. Um, Cir- Cirque du Soleil or Cirque du Soleil light yes, show. Yes, no, it was. It was Cirque du Soleil. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and and um, or one of the derivatives, you know, out there. And so the problem was they didn't speak English. So, but again, At they all. were they were Asian, they were male, they would fit in a geeky audience, right? So, so, so we hired them because like it's either that or the Ukrainian triplets, and we find another system. Um, um, uh, so we did, and then but so Huan and my team spoke some Chinese. She's she's Vietnamese, but she was studying Chinese growing up, so she knew enough to manage them. Uh, and by the way, like literally, like hiring actors is a whole new thing for me. We had to provide them a wardrobe, you know, you know, etc. So we planted one in the audience. We had one backstage and we couldn't leave the guy in the cabinet for the entire, cause it was like 30, 40 minutes in this, into the session. So we, we had him backstage and we snuck him in and we, we planted the guy in the back and when was with him. And when it was his time, when we, when Brian was doing the call, when's like tap him, raise your hand. And she was pointing to him and like, you know, go. So he went up on stage and, you know, Brian says some things and he nodded politely and got into the cabinet. We opened the door. His brother walks out of the cabinet, you know, oh, blah, 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 you know, and then Brian goes back to the other side, opens up, both, you both twins, ha, 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 And then we, since they were acrobats, we were like, we had them do a couple of flips off the stage, et cetera. Um, but it was, for, but for it, me, it but, was like, it was the best way of representing technology in a base, simple form without using demos or, you know, anything else. It was like, hey, let's put this in raw human context. So there's, there's, there's uh, two things about that, that, that I remember. Number one, is that when we did that gag, it brought the house down. House town, yeah. Like anybody people, that went before. People thought. And, people thought like I was sitting next to people like, oh, oh they had a trap door, the tunnel underneath. Yeah. Oh, they had yeah. they had no idea. Um, but um, brought the house down, and anybody that went before and anybody that went after, they were like just like mortified in having to like come up with something that yeah. was even close to the, the showmanship because. It, it looked great. The timing was awesome. I mean, we, we hit everything that night. It, it was, like, perfect in terms of um, the delivery. And, and it would never be repeated. Like, no one would ever be able to, uh, to top that, which was great. But the legacy piece is I still have people that come and say, 
hey, I remember I was at that, you know, conference and, you know, it was the thing with the twins. I, I don't remember anything about the conference. I don't remember the year. I don't remember what was launched. I don't remember who launched it. They don't they remember absolutely nothing about that. But they remember the gag around the twins, which is which is awesome. Yeah, well, yeah I mean, it was great. I knew it was going to be a hit when when our CMO, who didn't like Brian at the time, decided he wanted to replicate that on stage at our global world. Stole it. Too bad, you so, threw yeah. the, too bad you threw the doors away and you had to build them again. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were custom made for that. They wanted the parts back so they could recycle them. And, you know, it's an amount of systems, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, um, boy. Yeah. So, Melissa, what's your tech legacy? You know, I've been thinking about it. And as great as this idea was for y'all, I'm not sure it's great for me. <laughs> so, um. I've done a lot of cool engineering things, but the problem with cool engineering things is that in a month or two, the next big thing is there, right? There's, there's no kind of, um, it gets topped easily, essentially, right? And, and that's just the nature of how we do business. Yeah. Um, so, so of all those things, there are things that stand out, but but when I started thinking about it, it's like, okay, well, really all I did was bring some kind of level-headedness and pragmatism to this whole environment and and power through, right? But I'm hoping what my tech legacy is is actually people and and trying to um, to influence those people to to take a different approach to things and to look at things. So um <laughs> So that's kind of my hope at this point and, and why I moved from engineering to to marketing and community is is really because because I found that people are probably more long term than than the technology yeah. itself. And the marketing stunts as 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 you have both kind of shown are are definitely something that stick in your head more than this thing I did over here that nobody really knows about. Like you talk about, you talk about credit cards and, and um, video games and giant clouds. Like I've touched all of those things, but it's kind of something that happened in the background. But, right. So let me, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree and agree with you simultaneously. Okay. okay. Cause, Please cause do. I think, cause I think I'm going to disagree with you, you know, so, you know, there, there are stunts and there are stunts. Right. And I think, you know, what Scott and I are talking about are not, you know, like, you know, I've done interesting, I've done comic books, I've done, you know, cool videos, I've done interesting things, right? Um, you know, Scott didn't talk about all the spoof videos he's done with, you know, et cetera, you know, right? Those are interesting, but none of those were groundbreaking. And I think what the right. stuff that we talked about sort of, it was a groundbreaking event. It, it moved things forward. It caused people. So again, and you can do that with people as well. If you move things forward, how do you help things grow? And so, so that's, that's the agreement part is, you know, it's not just because it's sexy and cool, but it's actually if it moves the industry or a person or a concept of what can be done forward, then it's a legacy. Like, you know, if, if you're, yes. you know, it, you know, and so, yeah. So I totally support you on that if, you, if you're helping people grow. Yeah. 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 That's that's my new thing right now. Okay. So that's that's cool. what I let, 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 let me do my second one, which is going to be my first one, um, which was the thing that I doesn't involve Scott, independent of Scott. Um, oh, no. I, I do occasionally do things not Scott. Um, so um, my favorite thing that I did was the VxRail locker. 
you guys yes. remember that? Yes. I do. With yes. The combination. I have yeah, people yeah, yeah. coming to me with this new idea that is exactly yeah. that. And I'm like, yeah. I know where this is. Well, yeah, that's why it was, it, was, it was groundbreaking. And I love it. And go for it. Yeah, the point was, two, it was, it was two things. One is like, um, we were going to VMworld, the first time VMworld with a new product that was VMware-based. And I was like, you know, they have all these social screens. And, you know, I don't do anything without a strategy and a reason. And I was like, my goal is... I want my product on those screens all the fucking time. And those screens are following, you know, certain hashtags or at signs for VMworld. Yep. I was like, how do I get someone to post a tweet about my product every minute? And I was like, well, what if the tweet did something? Yes. So went to this, um, went to my friend, Steve, who's a brilliant entrepreneur and said, Steve, I have this idea. And my original idea was actually a, um, um, a because we were in Vegas, my drill day was a, a Bitcoin slot machine that you had to tweet to, to spin, uh, which was a good idea. Don't steal it if you hear this. Um, but um, and I was like, you know, you get paid in Bitcoin, whatever it was. Um, and and I went out and he's like, oh, I, this guy I know, he's he does cool marketing things. And I hooked up and I told him my idea. And he's like, we can't do that. But, you know, we did this thing for Coca-Cola where they had a a Coca-Cola branded red cooler locker, you know, those things that are like three feet tall, you know, the old the old style bin, Coca-Cola bins. You know, you see the old ads where the bottles were kept. And he's like, we put an actuator arm in this, back to actuator, Scott, and, you know, and a Raspberry Pi, et cetera. And if you tweeted something, it opened. And I was like, well, that's great, but it's not sort of the random thing I want for Vegas. I was looking. So we decided to do a gym locker cubicles, you know, with those little, you know, 10 by 10 cubicles. We did four by six or eight of them. I can't remember what they were. And there were multiple actuators in there and one raspberry at the bottom that controlled. And so it randomly, when you tweeted something, you would randomly choose something. And so we stacked each of these with different prizes. You know, some are cheap tchotchke shit that you get at a show. Some are really high valuable shit. Um, and we had people tweet to open, tweet to open, tweet to open, tweet to open. And so we were on that fucking screen every fucking minute as people do. And I, and I made two of them. <laughs> two of them yeah, so yeah. We going, I remember. Yeah. Day, yeah, it's my life. The always redundancy. <laughs> yep. And, and then we took these around the fucking world. And it's like one of the most proud things because it was a way to dominate a social presence to get people to organically tweet about your product and say something. Um, but also a really cool use of technology, really cool use of, um, you know, fighting with firewalls at Vegas. You know, I mean, I'll tell you, I pulled my hair out because certain, you know, protocols were blocked in the conference center, et cetera. It was an insane thing to get things to pass through. Um, but, you know, the, when it worked, it was incredible and that people did this. And one of the proudest things I've done because it was impressive people wanted to see it there were lines forming for it at the same time it was time, definitely a buzz yeah there was a buzz it was on the screens yep. it was on the social sphere you know we dominated physically and social which the, the challenge with those shows is you know hey you get 10,000 15,000 people come to the show but no one else sees it and like by doing this where we translated the physical presence to the virtual and made people participate everybody knew about it so one of the one of the reasons i think vxrail was a success is because we dominated that show for you know the two Barcelona and, and by the way, we had to ship, you know, again, because of shipping things to, to Europe, we had to ship them back to Barcelona really from Vegas and, um, et cetera, but it was amazing. Yeah. That, yeah that's the thing and, I'm proud of. Cause it was, it was a technical achievement of doing this. Um, and then, you know, the other one, the follow on to that, we, we did an escape room, but, um, that, that wasn't yes. groundbreaking. It was interesting. It was exciting and, and, and innovative, but I think, I don't think it was as groundbreaking as the, the locker was. No, that one was definitely groundbreaking because I remember yeah. that one. So when you when you go to these events, you you know you often see the same people, not just the people that work for 
your organization, but just people within the industry and even even the community there. And I remember people, you know, checking that out because, you know, you when you go to these shows, right, it's kind of the same old, same old, right? You know, there's somebody that they'll have the basketball core and there's, you know, somebody they'll have like the video game with the retro 80 video games. And, you know, it's it's nothing like, yeah, it's all the, kind of the same stuff you've seen before. But that one was definitely new and people were checking it out and just you know, interested in not just the whole kind of, you know, how do, how do you get, you know, people to come by and be, be interested in it, but just like the whole backstory and, well, how'd you get the idea and where did it come from? So that was, that was a cool one because that was, you know, very organic to something mm-hmm. that was developed by, you know, someone that, you know, supports these things. So kudos yep. to you, Colin, yep. for yep. that one. Yeah. Yep. It's the very, it's the very first side of my blog. Totally What'd you say? <laughs> I said the say? escape room too was totally fun. Like both of those, like I'm pretty sure that locker is the first time I tweeted about a booth at a conference ever. <laughs> Just yep. And that, and that was the intent. Yeah, and that was the intent. Mm-hmm. So my my other one. So the the first one was, I guess about uh, about myself and Colin, right? Which was the the V bridge thing, which you know whatever. But the, the, the other thing, not about me, but about other people is, you know, one of the things that I love about what I get to do now is um, I get to work with a lot of new hires. And these are new hires that are coming in um, mainly as college grads, which is which is, you know, very cool because you get to, you know, kind of, you know, talk to the, the newer folks that are coming and get kind of an, an understanding. It's interesting because, you know, I have, I have kids and they're they're just turning to be teenagers and you can kind of see sort of this evolution because, you know, they're the people that we're hiring, unfortunately, well, fortunately, you know, they're closer to my kids' ages than they are to my ages. So it's definitely um, a different dynamic, but, but the, the fun part is, you know, really, you know, on, you know, the recruiting side is always great because, you know, you get to go out and you get to find talent. And, and I like to look for talent that's different. So if I find somebody that, that comes in and they're wired differently, or but they have, you know, a, some sort of superpower or something that, you know, I, I, I see in them, I always love to go and, and take a chance and, and, and bring that person into the organization. And we've done it, not just me, but there are other people that are, that are part of this process. So you know, we, we, we will do that. And, you know, overwhelmingly, the, the success rate has been extremely high in, in bringing those those individuals in. And I think, you know, from a from a legacy perspective, you know, when you, when you do this for as long as, you know, we have the three of us, you know, you think about, well, who's going to be doing this, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now when we're not right. And because these are the folks that are going to come in and they are going to be the ones responsible for figuring out, you know, yep. what's next, what do you do? Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are going to be sitting in the windowless conference rooms having these, you know, endless debates about this, you know, crazy stuff that most people in the world never even know needs to be debated but really does. Um, and just being able to bring them in and and give them kind of the empowerment and the support so that, you know, when you challenge somebody, even though they've been here for 20, 25 years and they've got, you know, 10 patents and, you know, whatever the background is, that doesn't by default mean that they're always going to be right. So 
you know, having the, you know, the, the comfort to know that you can challenge that and you can ask questions and, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to get, not that you would get in trouble, but there's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, that's a good thing and we should be doing more of that. You know, that's a, that's a great part. And that's one of the things that, that I love the most about the stuff that I get to work on now is the ability to, to work with those individuals and kind of, you know, take them through. And we, we had this conversation, you know, just, just last, the last podcast, where we talked about, you know, the base 10 versus the, the base two and, you know, being able to sit there and talk to somebody and kind of break that down and explain why that is and why it's weird and yeah. why that's such a thing and have them be, oh, it's it's just it's it's, it's a great part. It's to be able to pass that stuff on. So, um, well, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I totally agree. I totally agree with you, Scott. I think it goes on Melissa said earlier about people. I, yeah, I think, you know, so, you know, you know, as someone who doesn't have kids, unlike the two of you, you know, my legacy is is the people who, who I've touched. Right. Yeah, I've long realized that. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's twofold. It's or multifactorial. I, I love saying multifactorial. You know, one factor is, Scott, to your point, teach people to avoid the, you know, teach people the, the random avoid bullshit, right? You know, it's like, you know, you, you mentioned random things. Like, for me, it's like, if you have a product, your SE team is going to want visios of the product. <laughs> it's yeah. just going to happen, right? And, like, literally, when I showed up at Pure, someone's like, people are asking for visios. Like, of course they are. Like, you know. You know, you've been working in this industry for ten years. Oh my! And you don't realize that people want visuals. Like, what the fuck? Always. Um, it's like always. it's like there's a bunch yeah. there's a bunch of hygiene shit that you need to do, right? Like, you know, you wouldn't go to work without showering and brushing your teeth. There's certain things you need to do. Get the hygiene shit shit done. Get it down. Make it part of your routine. Forget about it. You know, it's just because you if you don't, you spend too much time stressing about that and not about what's important. The second thing but, I always like to go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. And the second thing is all for me, at least, is about I mentioned this earlier, and I think it's it just sort of struck me. It's what I if if I want to have a legacy, if if you know, in my epitaph, as someone wrote, is like he taught people, he called outside the lines and taught people to do the same, right? Because again, it's really about what you would, you know, how do you do things differently? Don't accept convention. And again, Scott, some, that's something you taught me, right? You know, hey, this product doesn't have a door, but we're gonna make fucking make one for it, right? It's all it's all about that, you know. Don't accept the limitations. Figure out what the right thing to do is, and then how do you get there? Um, and you know, it's because too often we spend too much time arguing with ourselves about what we can't do or the limitations, as opposed to what do we want to do. And like, if I can, if I, you know, if if if, if I can get, you know, people who've worked for me to say, hey, this is what our goal is. We're going to drive to that, and we're going to figure out how to what the path to yes is through all the obstacles, as opposed to saying, oh, there's so many obstacles, right? You know, it's that's that would be fantastic for me. Yeah. Do the right thing. And what do the beginners really want? Yeah. What do they think? What do they do? Yeah. To yeah. Scott's point yeah. about, about bringing all these new people in and having them ask questions. If they're asking questions, all of your people that are new to your, to your community, to your technology, to whatever, are probably going to ask the same questions or, or wonder about the same things that that beginner mind is, is gold, just yeah. gold. The, the yeah, one and, thing and, that I, the one, the one thing that I, I always try to do with, with the new folks that are coming in, you know, they all come in and they're gung-ho and they're, <laughs> they're, they're incredibly smart. Let me put it this way. If I had to get a job in today's job market with, you know, what I have versus what I see people coming in with, I would never get hired. I just not, I'm so not qualified. But, but the thing, so they, they come in, they're, they're super smart. 
super hardworking. They're, they're, they're wired. You know, they're going to be amazing. And I, and, I, and I really look forward to seeing, you know, what they're going to do over, over the next few years. But the, the wisdom, if mm. you could call it that, that I try to impart to them is that, you know, number one, when you're in, you know, a product management role, which is primarily kind of the, the gig that I have, is that, you know, it's, it's okay to fail. Right. Mm -hmm. Because as, as a matter of fact, you know, the majority of the things that you work on, matter of fact, the overwhelming majority of the things that you're going to work on are going to be failures because it's it's very rare, especially for a mature technology company to be able to, you know, get through, you know, the the, the yeah. just the weeds to be able to take something and make it successful and successful being, you know, you know, from from a. You know, a big picture perspective. We're not talking, you know, tens or even hundreds of millions. You know, it's it's like big numbers to move the needle. So, you know, the 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 thing that I tell them is that you know there are things that you are going to work on that you know at some point in time you have to look at and realize that this is a bad idea or nobody wants this or we we we're not solving a problem and and this is something that you know we we maybe not want to invest in, kind of going forward. And it's an emotional thing because especially for folks that come in and you're assigned, all right, here's your project, here's the thing you're working on, here's the product, you're going to be the advocate for this. And so everything becomes, you know, centered around that universe of whatever that thing is mm -hmm. that they're, they're working on. And what I try to, 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 you know, from a wisdom perspective is have them understand is that there's a bigger picture and, you know, always focus on not what the requirement is, but what is the problem that you're trying to solve? And if you yes. can't articulate that and if you don't have a good answer for that, then you really need to kind of rethink yeah. about what, what you're doing. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the answer is, I mean, I, I totally agree with you, Scott, and I, I phrase this slightly differently. Um, you know, there's, you know, we work for companies, right? You know, whether we're startups, mm -hmm. big companies, et cetera. Um, and there's only so many times, there's money, money can embrace it, you know, people, resources, engineering resources, et cetera, right? And so if you're working on a product and it's not going, and you realize it's not going to succeed and make you a return on investment, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the whole, you know, unfortunately, that's the, that's the job of what we do. We don't, none of us work in nonprofits, et cetera. Our job is, you know, to, to make a return on investment. However, we define that, but et cetera. And if you realize it's not going to make you a return on investment, that money could be spent better on another product that could do do better right and so one of my roles and if you guys haven't read it you know i wrote 33 rules about marketing one of my roles and sort of you know um you know things i learned in my career one of my roles is fail fast you know it's the, the, the basically your point is guys fail fast but i always say shoot the dog don't be afraid to don't name the farm farm animals right right you know, yes you, you have products that you're going to work for it, it is it, it is the sheep you're raising out in your farm, right? That at some point you're gonna need to slaughter for food, right? You're gonna you're gonna have mm -hmm. to, you know, you're gonna have to shoot old yeller, right? You know, whatever it's gonna be, yeah. you know, if old yeller has rabies, you're gonna have to shoot him. And throwing more money at old yeller with rabies or fattening the sheep up even further past, you know, it, it, it's it's you know, it's old life is not gonna make it any, any more valuable. But, but that's so, the thing is you can't look at it. So this is this is what I tell them is that that's not old old yellow. That's some movie that you saw where there was a dog named Old Yellow. You never owned a dog named Old Yellow, by the way, yeah. for the folks that have never seen Old Yellow. Yeller. Yeller, Yeller. Yeller, Scott. Yeller. It's a demographic, but if, if you ever watch that movie, um, or if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. Um, it's, it's sad at the end. <laughs> I'll yes. tell you that. So it's a, 
Oh, the other guy. Careful, shot. If you sorry. Know. Yeah, sorry. yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> if you've seen but, where the red fern grows, it's same, same. So. Yeah. But the the point being is that you're not you that that's not your dog, right? That's somebody else's dog, and you're looking at you're the vet that's looking at that dog, saying, you know what, that dog's not going to make it. So you really, I won't see what happens in the movie, but you need to make a decision. We already and covered have it. To be... That's good. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Kill the dog. Kill the yeah. dog. I said this in front of a bunch of like upper level. So this will be the episode where saying, you know, I said, this is the this episode dog. where. Like, oh! I was like, it's an old yellow reference. Shoot the dog. I'm like, oh God. Kind of so this will be at some point. This will yeah. be the episode where Melissa says she's going to shoot the dog. No, this is the episode where Colin says shoot the dog, okay? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Colin, Colin I'll, said I'll it, I repeated it. Yes. I agree, I agree. At some point, yeah. you, you just no, have but, to No, but again, it's, you have to be dispassionate. I mean, again, and, and I, we've all gone through this, you know, again, it's you sort of really, you're passionate about a product, and, you know, and, you know, there's sometimes you can turn a product around. I've, I've done that a couple times in my career, but a lot of times, flawed ideas, flawed execution, products with no route to market you can be a great product and have no one in your company who can actually sell it right you know yes. plenty of things can, can can fail you know it's like it's all these things and you just got to realize okay we're gonna not do this and we're gonna focus on something else that the salesforce can sell right yeah because hiring a new salesforce is a lot harder <laughs> yeah okay we're over an hour Yes, it's a good. Yeah, that's a good it's, sign. It's probably yeah. time for for our next episode, Colin. Um, I yes. believe you're up. So what when we you were uh, writing the uh, the the class five rap, as I'm sure you were trying to clear your mind. Last yeah, weekend. so I have to apologize. My voice is a little off because I was screaming a lot of obscenities writing at least five class five rapids, more than that in class four and a bunch of class threes, and still staying in the boat, which is a good sign. Did um, you ride bull? Yeah. I, I did not ride bull. No. Oh. I let a fr- I let a friend of mine who had never ridden um, rapids before ride bull. So, that so. sounds amazing. Did they stay yeah. in? He promptly fell over inside the boat on his back with his heels up. But he's a gay man. That's a pretty easy position for him. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. So we we gave him shit for that. It's like, oh yeah, you know how to do that really well. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, but. Um, yeah. So, by the way, if you ever want to join a great group of people, Rainbow Rafters does two rafting trips throughout the summer um, um, for gay men in West Virginia um, in July and in in September. The September is the hardcore one. It's one of the top five um, rapids in the world, um, the best on the East Coast. So, if you're a little promotion for Rainbow Rafters, um, I think it's mm-hmm. RainbowRafters.com or .org. You can figure it out. Um, yeah. Anyhow. Um, so that's why I'm hoarse because I was screaming for to save my dear life and telling people to paddle. That was my biggest problem. Is like, don't <laughs> fucking stop, don't freeze. Um, dig, anyhow, dig, so dig. <laughs> I no, no. I thought of this topic a couple weeks about at least over ten days ago, maybe two weeks ago, two podcasts ago. Um, um, the theme of next week is going to be jealousy. Okay. What kind so of for, jealousy? So for tech, it's things that people always see that you have and ask about or want oh. what's the tech that people see yeah, people always say oh where did you get that how what is that etc right <laughs> i have the perfect thing i love it mm-hmm. yeah and then for wine it's what's your guilty pleasure this is sort of a reaction to tonight's episode what won't you share what's the wine that you keep sort of in reserve oh for yourself? no nice. seriously okay. oh my yes. god okay oh Okay. So it, it, it's about it, yes. Yeah, so it's about jealousy and, and 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 you know and and 
avarice, I guess, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I, I love that. Cool. Be- because yeah, I, 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 I do have, I do have a list of things that I will only get if I'm drinking. Yep. Because... Yeah, exactly. Same, same, yeah. same here. Same here. Yeah, same here. Like, I know we I'm all not... do. So yeah, 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 let's give it away. Yeah. You can all buy right. it all, but I, I ain't sharing with you. If you buy your own bottle, I'm totally fine with it. Yes. <laughs> all right. Let's a little do it. Jealousy. I'm excited. Love it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Well, back to you, Melissa. Send us home. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we're excited to have you, and hope you'll tune in next time. Peace out, everybody. Thanks for some good tech. Good one.